Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, she finally did it. Leslie went to visit Pandora, and we're here to talk all about it. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere you find fine podcasts. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you subscribed and left us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. You can connect with us at our email, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, follow our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered, or tweet at us at WDWDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tights. And we are here today because Leslie Harvey, owner and founder of Trips with Tykes, has finally made her way to Pandora, the world of Avatar and Animal Kingdom. And I am very curious as to her thoughts on it. Before we get into brass tacks, Leslie, why don't you tell us, first of all, just how much time did you end up spending in Pandora? Did you spend enough time to give us an accurate assessment of what you felt about the land? I think I did. So we made our way to Pandora our last day of our trip, a little bit before lunchtime, maybe about 1130, something like that, and had a meal there and did a couple of rides on Flight of Passage and also Navi River Journey, and then went back to the hotel for a little bit of a break and then came back to Pandora in the evening. So I'd say I got at least maybe three hours plus in the land and in both the heat of the day, a giant thunderstorm, and at night. So I've experienced all different seasons of Pandora. So I, I know you're you're interested because you know Pandora's been open for more than a year, but because of the timing of my Disney vacations, I just missed it on my last trip. So I'm kind of late to it. And uh, I know you wanted to call this this episode "Leslie Eats Crow," but I'm happy to do it because it was a really great experience. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Okay, so let's start with this. What entrance did you use to go into Pandora? Did you come the back way from Festival of the Lion King or did you come the front way and pass by that gigantic weird plant that sprays out water? Yeah, I came only that way. In fact, I think the back entrance was actually closed the the one time I spotted it. So um, I don't know why. Maybe it was the rain or maybe there was something going on for a reason for it to be closed. So we only came in through the main entrance by that weird plant and you feel like you're stepping into another world. <laughs> as soon as you cross that bridge, you feel like, whoa, this is, you know, this is not what I'm used to at Disney parks. Yeah. And to be clear, the main entrance is, you know, you're passing by Tiffin's and the Nomad Lounge. So what was your, I guess, what was your first impression? Like when you walked in, like, I guess, what are kind of what was going through your mind as you first entered Pandora from the first time? Yeah, I, I felt like, this, this is unique and this is different. That was, that was my first impression. And you don't quite get a sense of the full land as you're coming that way. I mean, you start to see the islands, but they're kind of obscured by trees or um, the scenery. And I don't think you, you get the full wow until you see the islands, the floating islands by themselves. And when you do, I mean, I don't remember the movie. I think that's sort of the, the, the case for a lot of people. I know that I saw it, but there's a movie. <laughs> That's right. But I felt like it was something special and I felt like it was some of the best imagineering that Disney has ever done even though it wasn't a Disney property. It felt it felt the same way and maybe more so than when it, like I entered Harry Potter for the first time. Like obviously I connected to that franchise and remember the, remember that franchise, but I felt like wow, like this is really over the top 
Yeah. So was your first entrance was in the, during the day, correct? Yeah. So my first entrance was during the day and um, we knew a thunderstorm was coming. And so we were trying to sort of get into the land as fast as possible. And we weren't really stopping for photos and we were thinking like, let's beat the crowds to Sichuli Canteen for lunch before the bottom drops out. So I didn't get to linger as much as I would have liked right at that very beginning. But uh, yeah, it was, it was enough, enough time that it made a big impression. And it was, it was a little confusing. I'd say the land, I mean, obviously I know I have Disney maps in the back of my head for every park and it was hard for me to get the lay of the land in Pandora right away. I think just because there's so many little meandering paths and I often ended up taking the wrong one being like one off. But um, once I got the lay of the land, then I really felt like I could explore and take it all in. Yeah, I would say that the pathways, like they are not what I would call direct. And I think that's deliberate so that you can kind of wander around and see what the land has to offer. So, you know, I think you experienced that a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So like I said, we made a, a beeline to Sichuli Canteen to try to beat the rain and beat the crowds there. And I know you've mentioned that sometimes that restaurant is not super crowded, but that was not our experience. We got there and it was a madhouse. I think everybody knew that the rain was about to start and that's some of the only covering in Pandora. So we went went there and had a little bit of a jostle trying to find a table. One thing that I thought was really weird is you can't really access the seating areas until you go through the line and get your food. Um, my daughter did like kind of duck underneath um, some of the, the railings or whatever and go like, snag us a table. But that was a little, little bizarre to me. I don't know. Was that been your experience? Yeah. They like literally rope you off. And when I was there, there was like an, actually a cast member there kind of regulating people going in. Yeah. I think my daughter sweet talked that cast member, you know, um, to try to get us the table. But yeah, that was, that was a little hard because sometimes you just, especially with younger kids, you do want to put your stuff down and, you know, have one parent sit with them and send the other parent then through the line if you're going to do the line and not do mobile ordering. So that was that was a little frustrating, but we but we hacked it as we always do in our family. Yeah, as a little aside, I think it's one of those things. There's like this restaurant here that serves breakfast where you're not allowed to sit until you have your food, but everyone somehow manages to get a seat. It's kind of one of those things where like when you're saving seats, it creates more of a backup. But you know, it is different when you have little kids. So what did you uh, eat at Satuli Canteen and how did you feel about the food there? So I really like the food. My biggest worry was that it was not going to be kid friendly. My kids are really picky eaters. And I was like, this, this might not go well. They might eat, you know, like chips or a cookie for lunch, but I'll start with them. At least my daughter loved the hot dog that was sort of wrapped in like a bun, almost like a pig in a, a giant pig in a blanket. That was a big hit with her. My son um, really like ate his entire cheese quesadilla. Um, so there are like non-exotic kid-friendly men- uh, menu items on there, which I was not expecting. So that was good. For me, my husband and I both got the bowls. You can like these bowls, you can choose your protein and you can choose your, I guess, carb. It's like either like rice and beans or like a sweet potato hash. Um, and then you choose a dressing to put on top of that. And so we both got different types of bowls. Mine was the rice and beans. He had the sweet potato hash and I think we both had chicken. And I thought that was really good. It felt like it was a kind of a healthier Disney option. I didn't feel gross, like eating a bunch of fried stuff. Like I often do at Disney and I was really happy with the menu. I did not try any of the desserts, which I, or the drinks, which I wanted to, but it was just too crazy with 
the the rain and the lines when I was there to go back a second time and try some other options. Yeah, you have to get the uh, blue cheesecake for sure. And the one thing I really love about Satuli Canteen is unlike many quick service restaurants in Disney, you get free refills on soda, which is really nice. But no lids because um, apparently banshees eat them or something. <laughs> that's what a, literally what a cast member said to me. Really? Well, I'm sure that's based upon the Animal Kingdom's mission of conservation. And you know, I noticed the straws were also um, paper straws, not not the plastic straws that have fallen out of favor. So they're doing the responsible part over there in Animal Kingdom um, in Pandora to make sure that they have animal-friendly options, I suppose. That's right. So good for them. All right, let's get to the good stuff. Tell me about the rides. Um, Why don't we start with Navi River Journey? Sure. So we had a fast pass for that and went through as a family. My son was a little freaked out by the queue. Like he, you know, he's more tentative um, than the rest of us in our family. So we had kind of already baited and switched him at this point on like star tours. And so he was very suspicious. We kept, kind of had to kept saying, you know, it's a slow boat ride, like small world. It's not fast. It's not scary. <laughs> so he, we got him on the, on the boat without um, much um, protesting and the ride was just really beautiful. Um, I had heard very mixed reviews about Navi river journey and I, it was it was more special to me than I was expecting, but it's really just a ride where you're just looking at the sites. You're looking at these lit uh, bioluminescent, I think is the word that they use for in Pandora um, plants. And you're looking at these beautiful scenes, but there's not much there, there, there's not really a story to the ride, at least that I picked up on just riding it once. And then the, the end is really what everybody waits for this, this giant audio animatronic character that moves so in such a lifelike way. And that was quite, quite well done. So it was a really good family friendly ride for us. And we went on it when it was raining. So it was nice to escape the rain and it was better than I was expecting. I was, I was definitely expecting to be underwhelmed, but the, the visuals um, made it for me. Yeah. I mean, that shaman animatronic is really kind of what basically decades of animatronics have led to. I mean, it just looks super lifelike and smooth. Um, doesn't look rigid at all. And, um, you know, I, and I can never leave that ride without that song getting stuck in my head. And she sings it a little bit off key, which makes it even worse. I did not notice. I should have asked my musician husband. Yeah. I'm sure he picked up on it, you know, and then the headliner flight of passage. Um, well, let's talk about this first. You got to ride it twice utilizing rider switch. So, how did how did that go? I know that Disney has been changing its rider switch policies. Yes, so maybe this is another episode to talk about. But yeah, there's there's new rider switch policy at Disney World where you basically have to the second group of riders has to use the rider switch basically right away. So when we checked in with my um, my son, didn't want to ride Flight of Passage even though he's tall enough. It would have been too much for him. So my daughter and I went first and my husband waited with my son and they gave him a return time that was about 20 minutes later. So it was a one hour return time. So similar to what you're used to with fast pass. And so I guess we started riding at, you know, say three o'clock and they said, you know, come back at three twenty, and you have between three twenty and um, four twenty to use your return. So that's something to keep in mind. And so do they actually tap the magic band or how do they kind of regulate that? 
Yeah. So they asked who was going to ride in the second time. And so we said my husband and my daughter, my daughter got to ride twice. So they actually scanned their magic band and loaded um, a, a reservation time, a rider switch reservation time onto that magic band. And I guess the system knows to use the rider switch before it uses a fast pass or something like that. But, um, you know, we never, we didn't have any problems with things getting used up, you know, because she also had a uh, fast pass on her, her band as well. So it, it worked out. And the, the one thing that was a little strange um, or a little challenging for me about rider switch for flight of passage is that even when you're going through the fast pass line, you kind of have a wait for that ride. Like there's a significant queue and then you have these holding rooms and, you know, different showrooms that you go through. And from start to finish, from like when you get in a fast pass queue to when you get off the ride, it's about a half hour. So if you have something else to do, which we did later in the evening, like we had a dining reservation, we just didn't quite have time to go twice, even through the fast pass queue. So yes, that's something to keep in mind, especially for that ride, because often rider switch is much faster on other rides, but um, it is pretty slow with, even with fast pass on flight of passage, but that's all logistics. We want to talk like the, the good stuff, right, Joe? Yeah. One last thing on logistics. Were were you able to put the rider switch on your, cause like in the past it would be paper and any three people could go in. Were you able to make it so that your daughter could go twice? Yes. Yes. She was able to go twice and they had no problem with that. And I asked specifically, you know, can she still ride twice? They said, absolutely. And they scanned her band to add the allotment to hers as well as my husband's. All right. Logistics over. How was the ride? Wow. That was, that was what I texted you. I think, um, when you were like, how was it, Leslie? How was it? Um, wow. It was a totally different kind of ride than anything else I've ever experienced. I mean, I've certainly done the screen based attractions. I mean, there's Soarin' at Disney world and plenty of the rides at universal are screen based as well, but you know, you're, you're on this Banshee, um, sort of feels like a motorcycle when you, that you straddle and ride and it is, you, you really do feel like you're flying. You really do feel like you're immersed in the world. And it was much, much better than my expectations. You know, I'd heard all the hype. And sometimes when you hear all the hype, you think you're underwhelmed. And I was not underwhelmed. My, um, my daughter got to ride it even more times than I did. And she said it was her absolute favorite ride ever. Uh, and she's certainly been on a lot of theme park rides. And I, I kind of have to agree with her. It was, it was so well done. Of course, the trade-off is the lines to try to get on the ride. I and mean, if you want to ride it several times, it's really hard to do uh, unless you're, you know, willing to stand in a long line or, or, you know, rope drop it or something like that. It's hard to get multiple rides on it. But but we, I got twice and, and that was fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I think what I would say is if you're a fan of thrill rides, I think you just definitely need to ride this ride. Like I've said in the past – I think it's really changed the game and it's going to force other theme parks and probably Disney itself with Star Wars Galaxy Edge to really just kind of up their game. You know, I always wonder what would Pandora, I mean, what would Flight of Passage feel like if it was an IP that people like really cared about and resonated with like Star Wars or, you know, even any of the Disney IPs. Um, So, you know, it's definitely worth checking out. In terms of the line, I think one thing that people should know is they were having a lot of issues with line cutting. 
Um, and so what they've done to combat that is they've made the majority of the line outside now, even though there's enough space on the indoor queue to be two hours long. Um, and what happens is as you enter indoors, where the rest of the queue is only like 30 to 45 minutes, you get this card for your party and you need to give that card at the end. And they kind of use that because I think a lot of people were saying there are no bathrooms inside the indoor queue. And so a lot of people were saying that they went to the bathroom and were trying to cut the queue that way. Which is unfortunate because, number one, the indoor queue is beautiful, but more importantly, the indoor queue is air-conditioned. And so if you are actually waiting in line for it, um, it can be pretty pretty brutal um, because you're going to be outside for most of the time. And speaking of that kind of back entrance um, by Festival of the Lion King, like they extend the line out all the way to there um, just to kind of save space um, and not have people queue inside, which is unfortunate in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree, but I can also see how the bathroom access is probably somewhat necessary um, when you have, you know, regularly have hour two hour queues that people need to get into that. But I, I didn't stand in that queue during the rain. So I wonder whether that changes at all when it's pouring rain outside, but that would be worth, worth knowing. Yeah. And I will be incredibly shocked if they do not put, bathrooms in the star wars galaxy edges queue because i think they've learned their lesson from this i think they probably have i I sure hope there will be bathrooms because i expect those lines to be significant for many years to come there is a water fountain though you know after you're inside in the cool air conditioning so at least they have that in flight of passage ride yeah you just can't take a bathroom break after you use the water fountain (laughs) Yeah, that actually makes it worse. All right, so to close things out, Pandora at night, what were your impressions? So it was it was really well done. I mean, that's the best nighttime land that I've ever been in at a theme park. And it was a little bit dark, so I had to kind of be careful pushing. My son was in a stroller and making sure I didn't clip anybody's heels. But, you know, the, the pathways were illuminated and the different plants were illuminated and we just kind of strolled around while my daughter and husband took another ride on flight of passage and um, explored. I, I, one thing I really loved at night was that they had a lot of photo pass photographers out in several of the iconic locations and the lighting that they had was pretty good for the cameras. I was kind of thinking like, Oh, these photos are going to come out you know, terribly. And, and some came out better than others based upon the skill of, of the photographers, but I was able to get, some photo pass shots in front of these, you know, in front of the waterfall and in front of the, that weird plant thing when you enter that we don't know the name of. Uh, so that was really, really neat to, to be able to document that because I was not able to get a lot of great photos with my smartphone camera because, you know, it is, it is illuminated, but it is so subtly illuminated that it's hard for the, the smartphone cameras to pick up on the lights that are there. Yeah. It's like all fuzzy and blurry. Yeah, right. So I was glad for the, the big cameras to be out in full force. And I think I spotted three or four photo pass photographers at night, which was much more than I've seen in any other Disneyland. Definitely. All right. So how much has Pandora, the world of Avatar, changed your opinion about the Animal Kingdom, which you famously hate with a passion? I'm just kidding. But you are on record in our Animal Kingdom episode that it is not your favorite part. Very true. No, I mean, it definitely elevates the Animal Kingdom to, I'd say, more of a full day park for me. We usually made it a half day park or even sometimes skipped it. And we were able to find enough to do 
in mostly a full day there as a family. Obviously, we took a small mid-afternoon break. And uh, yeah, I was just really excited to see the expanded offerings it has for that land, um, you know, just setting the standard so much higher for everything that Disney's doing and made me excited to go back to that park. It made me excited for what Disney has next at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So, you know, two, two big thumbs up and I will be spending more time in Animal Kingdom in the future. As it should be, Leslie, as it should be. Okay, Joe. Leslie eats crow. <laughs> so Disney do's and don'ts. Leslie, what do you got for us today? So because we spent a lot of time in Animal Kingdom, we definitely were seeking out character meet and greets. That is a huge, those are huge hits with my kids at ages nine and four. My daughter was on a mission to get every autograph in all of Disney World while we were there. And we really loved the character meet and greets in Dino Land in Animal Kingdom. There are a lot of characters in really close proximity, um, mostly mostly in the shade, not all in the shade. So it's called Donald's Dino Bash, and Donald has some birthday celebrations. He's there. Daisy's there. We saw Chip and Dale. We saw two characters from DuckTales, which, of course, has made a, a comeback. Um, there's Launchpad McQuack and then Scrooge McDuck, which are pretty obscure Disney characters that my daughter was happy to get autographs from. So definitely, if your kids are into character meet and greets, if you want to get a lot of PhotoPass photos you want to get a lot of autographs, head over to Dino Land, which is an area we have previously skipped in Animal Kingdom. All right. Well, that about does it for Leslie Goes to Pandora. I'm glad that you finally got to check it out and you enjoyed it. And I would recommend anyone who's going to Walt Disney World to check it out as well. I mean, Toy Story Land is great, but um, Pandora is still a cut above that. And it just has me excited for what's going to come in the future at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Anything else, Leslie, before we sign off? That's all I got, Joe. I ate my crow. All right. We'll see you all next time.